One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> AutoTrader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Welcome to Parks and Recollection. Uh, I'm one of your co-hosts, Jim O'Hare, Gary, Larry, Jerry, Terry, Barry from Parks and Rec. And this guy. I'm just Greg. Just Greg. I'm Greg Levine. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we're here to talk about a really fun episode, a really great episode. And we thought we should have the writer of that great fun episode here with us, Chelsea Peretti. Thank you for joining us the today. The one, the only Chelsea Peretti. Hi, Chelsea. Great to see you. Whoa, I'm just seeing your setup. It looks like CNN. Oh, it's the That's real incredible. deal. Incredible. Yeah, it we're gonna break to some breaking news. <laughs> yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wolf Blitzer. Wolf Blitzer is just about yeah. to walk in with something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chelsea, I, I was gonna tell you this earlier. The, I, I remember the last time I got to see you in person. I was guesting on Brooklyn Nine Nine. And you guys had just done a table read. And what I hated, what and I had, so, I did two episodes. I had such a great time. Um, oh, my God. But uh, we didn't have any scenes together. I know. Yeah. Was that I intentional, know. Chelsea? Yeah, my question up. was, did you purposely Was that intentional that? on your part, Chelsea, just to avoid I, him? I asked them to respect <laughs> the restraining order. No, I, yeah, no, it just, it was a big cast, you know? Yeah, you know, that is a big Parks cast. and Rec was the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I experienced the whole big cast thing as a writer, and, and then I experienced it as an actor. Mm. There's a deep bench in the whole Parks and Rec, Brooklyn Nine-Nine universes. Oh, hell yeah. But what I loved when I saw you is, you know, I before Parks, I'd done, you know, a lot of different things and and, and all that stuff. Okay. But Parks, no, 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 I'm just saying all Parks. Right. No, no. <laughs> anyway, you might want to see my Emmy that I have in my house. Anyway, which I do. But it's the daytime. That's a different topic. Uh, no, but seriously, whenever I see any Parks-related people, it just warms my heart it, it there it, because it was such a special seven years and some people came and went and it just, mm. I don't know. So there was like, there's Chelsea. And it I just know. meant a it's, lot to me to see. It's so weird, like how intense these entertainment experiences are. And then they feel like they'll never fucking end. And then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> yes. you're looking back at it. Like that happened. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you know, in the writer's room, Greg, I mean, you remember we had three meals a day together. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. We had breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and yeah. I was literally like, "This is insane." I didn't do this with my family. Yeah, um, there were about four years of my life where I just didn't buy groceries because I was, <laughs> yeah, I had fifteen meals a week with the same people. I didn't need to have food in my house because on the weekend I wanted to get the hell out and see other people. Right. And then my grocery bill shot up the moment parks ended, the moment you leave a writer's room. But also, yeah. Um, you know, I was looking at some old files to, you know, jog my memory to, you know, get ready for our conversation. And we did these, this thing, the season that you were there, the seasons you were there called um, the season four awards. And we talked and mm. we just voted on different topics. And <laughs> Do one, you have this? I have it up here and we'll he call it out everything. a few times. I'll warn you now, he but has everything. Because you mentioned it and we should obviously <laughs> talk about the episode you're here to, but we talked about our favorite restaurant that we'd order from, the oh worst. Oh my God, I, I do want to hear all of this because honestly, like the thing I miss the most about Parks was all the crazy debates and tangents. And, you know, it was it was such a room full of smart people, you know. No, I would say you were talking about um, foods and things. We had to vote on the best individual snack you would have, which dried mango, <laughs> seaweed, and Aisha Muhar's peanut butter toast were the top three. Um, Interesting. And uh, who would make the most uh, appe- appealing Food when they come back from the kitchen, and Aisha was there again, and Dan Gore. But um, wow, one this of is the, offensive. But one of the great ones I was mean, loudest open mouth chewing was a thing. Oh. This is when we were just like, what? Should, what are we talking? about? <laughs> we did the fun <laughs> stuff, and now we're going to get some of the darker things. But uh, unless, I know we have yeah. to get to this episode because it's Wait, so who great. Won loudest open mouth yeah, chewing. Yeah, obviously that? you have to talk about this, but like. You know, you can't believe, you can't tee that up. And I mean, they're great. I love them all. So I'm, I, lo- I'm, I love every person I'm about to say. But Dan, <laughs> Dan Gore eating apples, Ooh. and Alan Yang eating dry <laughs> granola. Not good, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's vile. Yeah, but Jim, back to you, boss. Well, no, I was just now saying that is the nitty gritty. That's <laughs> yeah, that, the nitty gritty. You want behind the scenes, people? You're getting behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. And, and I know we'll get into this episode, but Chelsea, how did you come to Parks? How did that happen? I wanted just say one thing back to the food. (laughs) We're not going to talk about anything other than this food. Yes. Dried mango winning is the saddest thing I've ever heard. (laughs) Dried mango as a top three snack. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a travesty right there. Dried dried seaweed became a thing. Everybody was eating those packets of seaweed. I'm like, that's vile. I mean, all three of those snacks are actually, it feels like, um, you know, it would be like the favorite snacks. Oh, my God. Now I can't remember. What was the competing town that everyone hated? Oh, an Eagleton. Eagleton. Yeah, yeah. it feels like that would yeah. be an Eagleton top three snacks. Right. Like, healthy, yeah, slightly healthy, slightly, you know, interesting and in, uh, in, uh, international, if you like these types of foods. And now we're like, <laughs> here we'd be like, no, it's obviously waffles and right. sugar and all these right. things. Yeah, just anything. Anyway, uh, Jim, how did it come about? Honestly, I cannot remember. And this is the thing. I mean, I looked at when I wrote this script, it was 2011, right? Mm. So, I mean, that's so long ago yes. now. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. I also was rereading. I reread my draft and then I reread the shooting draft and I watched the episode because I can't even remember like which jokes I was super into. You know, it's all kind of flown the coop. Um, I know Aziz encouraged me to, I want to say apply. Do you apply for a writing job? <laughs> submit. <laughs> submit. Yeah, you'd have your reps yeah. or you'd, yeah, submit. And I remember coming in and meeting with Mike, I believe, or maybe both Mike and Dan, I can't remember now, and meeting the writers. 
but I can't remember exactly, you know, the exact logistics yeah, yeah. of how it came about. I remember Aziz was doing a show at the Orpheum and you opened for him. Do you remember doing that? Mm-hmm. Killed. Mm-hmm. You killed. And then <laughs> Aziz comes on and I don't know half the shit he's talking about because he, I'm not his uh, the demographic. Demo, yeah. He's Jay-Z this and yeah. Beyonce this. And, and but I remember the people around me. You know, those very obscure people. No, but I mean, Tim, you're an old, <laughs> I'm an old SOB. You know, no, I know who they are, but he's referencing being at this party and this rapper. And, yeah. and it's just, you know, he didn't mention Barry Manilow. He didn't mention Air Supply. I mean, what am I yeah, supposed to do problem. with that? Yeah. But Chelsea mm. opened for him and I just was blown away because I didn't know your stand up. And it was amazing. And I do all Barry Manilow jokes. So That's I felt like that. Yeah. You have a 45 yeah. on, on Manila. She yeah. ends with everybody. We made it through the rain. And then the place goes wild. Goes and nuts. that's how she, yeah, it was amazing. Well, listen, as people yeah. can tell, we could talk to Chelsea yes, about anything for forever. Yeah. We should also shouldn't talk we? to, we, <laughs> yes, why we are we should. here? Let's talk about the episode we're here for, um, mm. which is Chelsea's episode. It's season four, episode eight. It's called Smallest Park, written by our guest, our friend Chelsea Peretti, Yay. and directed by, can you believe it, Nicole Hollis Center. One of our honestly, <laughs> I was just like, wow, I was young and dumb because I'm like, <laughs> I should have been asking her five thousand questions. Yes. I guess it's probably good that I didn't. I was probably so stressed about the script and like, you know, just the shooting process and stuff. But I'm like, that's so cool that I got paired with her and. And did she come back yeah, to do about four to six episodes of Park? So it's maybe good that you didn't hound her. She's like, <laughs> that I didn't alienate yeah. her. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, it aired in 2011, as Chelsea talked about, November 17th, 2011. And Jim, can you tell us all, read a blurb, tell us a blurb. Well, in this, Leslie tries to manipulate a new Park project strictly to extend her working relationship with Ben. And then, of course, we have Tom and Jerry, who work together, which is a new thing, uh, to create a new department logo. And then Ron and April help Andy find the right college course to sign up for. So, Chelsea, um, this is your episode. And, uh, you know, we were. I was looking at your, the, the you know, your time on the show, and I re- was reminded about you also wind up playing a role on the show. Do you remember, a character named Zelda, a woman at a city council meeting. I think every writer at some point wound up in the show. Mm-hmm. With always with like a degrading name. That's right. Right. Mike, <laughs> like Mike Scully. Zelda. Yeah, Mike Scully was 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 a person named Pearl. I think I was going to be a woman. I still have this now. If anyone has a strange name like that, I'm like, this sounds like a name we would have made up on Parks. You right. know? Yeah, yeah. Like, and the whole reason is because you have to clear the names, you know, for the listener. You have to clear the names right. to make sure they're not like someone else's name that they have, I guess, some legal right to. Right. So we have to we have to look to make sure that that name is either since it took place in a fictional town in Indiana. The idea was you can't you have to have at least three or more people have that name um, in the country or in Indiana, a certain amount. And if zero people have that name, perfect. But if one or two have that name, they may think you're actually writing it about them. So dear God, what a, so that's a lot like to deal snorf- with. The names become like right. Snorf McPherson. Yeah, you have no choice. Yeah, that's actually, yeah, that should be yeah. one of them. But like yeah. the last yeah. name Lurpus wound up being this really weird name we've talked about. And that became, there were maybe 10 or 12 people in the show wound up being part of the sprawling Lurpus family. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. Zelda shows up. You know, and the, uh, the other one other thing, we have a thing called the Nopes Notes, where we kind of call out a few fun moments of the episode that kind of don't maybe fit in or want to talk about right away. And the real location of the smallest park in the episode 
smallest park. It's in Studio City. It's in Studio City parking lot. Um, and as Leslie describes it, the park is 0.000003 square miles, which is roughly just nine feet by nine feet. It's like, I'm six feet tall. So I was thinking like, oh, so it's one and a half me's as a square. That's not a huge park. There's a reason it's the smallest park. park. That is so silly. It's pretty silly. To not not say nine feet by nine feet is just so silly. (laughs) Um, You have to stick to miles. Yeah. (laughs) So in our synopsis, we like putting the word nope in a lot of things. In our Mm. synopsis, Chris asks Tom and Jerry to create a new logo for the parks department, which is basically just choosing a new font. But Tom wants to do much more. Andy plans to go back to college, starting with just one class. April suggests Andy take an easy class in order to get a high grade, so Andy chooses the beginner's guitar course but quickly becomes bored. Leslie and Ben collaborate on a project to establish the smallest park in Indiana, and Ben later tells Leslie he plans to focus on other departments after the park opens because he's continually reminded of their failed romantic relationship when he's around her. Wow, a lot to a lot, <laughs> a lot to launch. Yeah. Three separate I mean, storylines. I mean, you guys are going through all the episodes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So isn't every episode just so jam-packed? Yeah, they're very, especially as we get into these later seasons, like we're in season four now, like they're dense. There's really not just an A story. Also, you know, Jim and Retta joining the cast uh, you know, a series regulars. When the show became a real with, deal, yeah, you know, when, when Jim and Reddy people joined, started, yeah. people all of a like, sudden I'm, we had a real show, yeah. people. Oh, hair is on, I'm going to pay attention. Exactly. Yeah. Let's let's turn on NBC now. Chris and Ben with Adam and Rob showing up. There are four new series regulars in a short order. So right. stop being just an A and B story. They're A, B, and C stories. Rarely, sometimes we'd collect them all, let's say at like a Halloween party or whatever, but now it's three different things spaced out. What I love it's about these is it's always fun to have certain characters paired, right? So I always love when Ron does a story with Andy and April because he is this like pseudo father figure to them. And so he gets great stuff out of them. Um, and are you guys in the room saying like, you know, that perfect example, the three of them, but also at the top, we say, you know, uh, Chris has Tom and Jerry to create a new logo. Are you guys at some point going, well, we haven't seen Tom and Jerry together. Is that yeah. how it comes together? Or how do you guys? I mean, I, I don't know. I just remember so many stories like being like, wait, we have so-and-so and so-and-so, you know, like, I don't know if it was, I don't remember if it was super conscientious choice to put you two together. Or if it was like, oh shit, we have these two characters. Like, I mean, there was, there was so many characters and I feel like it was always like such a scramble to figure out how to keep everyone doing something funny and right, and right. meaningful. And also, you also, with so many characters, but you also, you have to, I, I mean, Leslie is the star of this show, so you also have to make sure there's plenty, which right. I never understood. Why did Amy get so many more lines than I it's did? What was that about? I, I think <laughs> yeah. the number on the I call mean, sheet. My lawyers are looking into yeah. that. It was definitely like, you know, I think I'm sure... I think this was true at Brooklyn and I'm pretty sure also at parks is that scripts were just overwritten and then a lot was cut. And Mm -hmm. so even looking at like the table draft to the shooting draft, it's like, I could see things that got cut and you're like, Oh yeah, it's like just not necessary. You would just cut to this next shot and it all makes sense. You don't need to over 
explain it. I I just made a movie where, that I wrote and I also wound up doing that. Oh, wait, I can cut. Like, especially when you get closer to shooting, you're like, I don't need these oh, yeah, yeah, lines. Yeah. And then when you're actually shooting and you have people in front of you, I don't need that other line, you know? And then when you're editing, you're like, I don't need that, you know? So it's like, it's definitely, but even in the writing process, having been in the Parks and Rec room, like, I was definitely like, do I need this line? And also, do you remember like so much? I Forgive me if you've talked about this mm-hmm. already. I But not with you. You know, where we always were trying to cut just even a word. To, if there's like yes. one word hanging over to make another line. So like making it, I was doing that. Like it's so ingrained in me now of like, if I can lose one word and I don't have a dangling word making one more line. You know, Who cares if that it. happens? But we spend half an hour sometimes on just bringing something up. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Now, Factors Fresh, never frozen meals are dietitian approved, which is awesome. And they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So, no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great tasting meals. So, so good. I love this stuff. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore to help you crush your wellness goals. And let me tell you what I crush they have a smoky bacon and cheddar egg bite that is. Good. Mm. I tried their shakes also, and they were so good. Oh, I'm a Factor fan. Head to factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 and use code parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code parksandrex50 at factormeals.com slash parksandrex50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. That is so true, Greg. LinkedIn knows that as a small business owner, you don't have the time or the resources to spend countless hours looking for the right person for the job. So they have launched a new feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. And it isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching. In fact, get this, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Wow, that, that, that's impressive. That's amazing. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash parks. That's linkedin.com slash parks to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Chelsea, I was looking at notes from the episode um, and early drafts, as you said you were doing. I was reminded that many early pitches of the episode were about the uh, the hijinks around building the park, right? That yeah. was going to take. That was going to be most of the of the episode. Um, would Leslie have to handcuff herself again to something like she did once before in ninety four meetings? And does the park get stolen somehow? There was a version where there was a maintenance and sanitation strike, and the smallest park quickly filled with trash. Or at one point, Ron. It started with Ron filling in a pothole that the city had neglected to fix himself. And then Leslie decides to turn that into a park. Do you remember when the story, when it finally clicked to become this version of Smallest Park that was about less about the building of the park and more about Leslie and Ben? Did that help with your writing? 
Well, I mean, looking at the table to the shooting, I think in even my table draft, maybe this was the Goldilocks, but I think it was the table draft where I was really fixated on miniature things in the park. And mm-hmm. like, eventually I think most of that was gone. It really was about just a bench and then la- they later sit on that bench and it's so romantic, you know, <laughs> which, which obviously is much better way to approach the emotional story than yeah. a come caught tree for mice, <laughs> <laughs> which, was, which was what was in some version of what I wrote. So, it's adorable, uh, you know, it all, yeah. <laughs> it all comes together how it needs to is, is mm-hmm. what you kind of learn, I think, over the process. Yeah, I mean, the fact that this wound up being Leslie and Ben's romantic story and that the the park and the building of it became almost like a, you know, a representation of this last last moment between the two of them before he's saying, I, I think we need to split, was a really great, I think, choice because it also helped it be really about Leslie and not just like the, the machinations of what it takes to build a park, which we had done before for two, three and other seasons. Also- it was honestly so romantic. That lantern, like that lamp and the and the bench and her red jacket. I mean, I remember like taking pictures of it and crying while we were shooting it because it was just so like, yeah. it was such a sweet scene and like it wasn't too saccharine, but you know, it was like her being like, I am a bulldozer and I'm trying not to be for you, you know, which I mm-hmm. think is so much of the work of love is like, Here's my shortcomings. I'm aware of it. I'm trying to improve it, you know. Yeah. And also just, you know, being vulnerable, but seeing them together, you know, in that moment, it was just so beautiful. And I just remember sitting there crying. Oh, and and I have to say, just because I love this, he went in for the two-hand kiss. You know what that means? Oh, sure. (laughs) On each side of the face. I find that to be like... So romantic. That's the real deal. I know. I always wonder if male actors like study old movies to be like how to be debonair, you know? (laughs) It's a lot of pressure. Rob Lowe taught me how to kiss on screen. He truly uh, did. Really? Uh, he really did. I might have mentioned where's, this. Where's the comma? <laughs> I might have mentioned where's this in the... another episode uh, when I guessed it ages ago. But we were talking one day because, you know, Rob has made out with everybody on, in, in right. Hollywood. And and I don't get those roles. It shockingly doesn't happen. And he really, he walked me through how to do it. And so yeah. after Parks ended, I did a film called uh, Middleman. And this mm. poor actress, Annie Dudek, Ended up being underneath me for three hours one night in the back of a oh my goodness. car, you know, with cameras and, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And the whole time I'm making out with her, I'm just thinking, okay, then Rob says, let her open her oh, mouth first. Okay. Like, I literally, oh. Did you actually I, whisper that in her ear? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, well, I would have given Robbie her something says, to be happy about. Yes. <laughs> and she's like, actually, I took the same course from Rob. Yes, he told yes. me the same thing. No, but I don't I got to ask Rob if he remembers that. He totally gave me a tutorial because I don't, you know, I'm not getting, you're going to be shocked, Chelsea. I don't get the leading man role. I, I, that's shocking to you, Listen, I'm sure. I am shocked. Everyone loves, right? But they don't want to make out. They don't want to no. make out with Jerry. <laughs> they love you, George. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> there Thanks, is Dave. an amazing Rob moment in the smallest park where he turns his head and his luxuriant, like, long hair flips in the back. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he knows how to he knows how to show up. He knows the camera. He knows he what knows, he's doing. He totally knows what he's doing, yes. <laughs> Especially if he's instructing you. Yeah. 
You know, speaking of your story, uh, Jim, the storyline with Tom and Jerry, you were talking about, you know, I don't think we'd ever seen the two of them in a real solo no. uh, or uh, a storyline so. where they were the bulk of it. And so getting to see them work together was so fun and probably, I mean, so fun to also pitch on, to write. Um, I love that um, right. Jerry thinks, so they're redesigning the Parks and Rec logo. A little fun um, fact is that the logo that Chris shows Tom and Jerry to get worked on is the actual series logo. So I don't know if that's something saying that we need to change the series logo, NBC. But anyway. I know uh, the new cool logo is kind of tricky because you're like, why isn't this the logo? Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> we should have just like, changed it, it after. return? No. Oh, no, it was limited edition, so yeah, that's it didn't right. need to. Uh, but I love that Jerry thinks that Comic Sans always screams fun. Fun. Just fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, it definitely <laughs> screams something. <laughs> also that the R's in Helvetica really pop for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big uh-huh. moment. Yeah. <laughs> I just imagine Jerry writing like writing a report and it's just all in Comic Sans. Yeah, and, and just to jump back, because this is yeah, sure. Chelsea, I bounce all over because I don't remember what the hell I'm doing here. But at the mm. top, when when um, Chris is going to tell Tom that he's going to be working with Jerry and, you know, he'll be your number two. And Tom's like, no, okay, he's your number three. But then Chris says to him, and Donna's also standing there, you can maybe you can learn something from him. And Tom starts laughing, <laughs> and then Donna starts laughing hysterically, and then Chris joins in. <laughs> yeah. This is the damn boss. This is <laughs> this is Jerry's boss. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he I know he has a really laughing. funny expression too. Right before he laughs, like he looks like he might be about to like <laughs> admonish them or something, and then yeah, he joins. He goes right but in. It is like such a it's such a good lesson too in in writing because it's like on the page it doesn't like I'm not saying that it's a lesson of me. I don't even know if I. I, I I don't know whether I was yeah. responsible for this or not, but just that I was struck by when I was rereading it, like just that it's so simple. Like it's and and that's what I think Mike and Dan and and their ensemble shows are so good at. It's once you create the characters well enough, just them all laughing, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, because of who they all are, it's funny, you know. Yes. But um, but on the page, it's just like they all laugh, yeah, you know. Yeah. But the way the way that the actors carried that out was just, you know, pretty, pretty fun to watch. You know, uh, we, before we jump to the next section of our story, you know, April and Ron um, having differing views about what Andy should do in college, we should talk about that. April obviously thinks Andy should take the easy way through and Ron would like to see Andy challenge himself. And I like that Andy's yeah. caught in the middle, right? Mm-hmm. Um and also, Ron admits he might actually uh, like Andy when say by saying he's one of the people I don't actively root <laughs> against. And then there I go getting all sappy. Brilliant. I know. I love that line. <laughs> it feels it feels uh, like my attitude towards Hollywood. But um, <laughs> yeah. I, I also love like his um, reveal that he has buried gold in his yard. Yes. That that's how he's. That's how he's financing the scholarship is just, oh, you know, offhandedly mentioning he has gold in his yard. <laughs> uh, in our synopsis, Leslie tries to delay the opening of the park for as long as possible so that she and Ben can keep working together now that he's told her he's going to stop. He's going to stop working with the parks department. So she holds a public forum for the park in the hopes that the usually cantankerous Pawnee townspeople will try to slow it down. But they're supportive instead. So her schemes continue when she distributes flyers around town stating the park will hold loud events, which causes the locals to start a protest that she encourages. Um, And meanwhile, in college, Andy is disappointed by another class about lasers. So he randomly chooses intro to women's studies 
and loves it. Mm -hmm. It's so funny that Ron tells uh, the guitar professor that she would make an incredible brunette because clearly it means he's um, attracted to her, but he won't break his brunette's only rule for her. That, he's, got <laughs> right. he's got his rules. And that he seems to fall in love with all the female professors at Andy's yeah. college. He, he loves powerful women. He loves yeah. powerful women. He says to the women's studies professor, if that woman weren't so violently opposed to marriage, I think I would propose to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I read like Catherine McKinnon in high school. And I, I just, you know, she was talking about the this idea that's in the script of like, you know, marriage is like a form of slavery. And so I think that was that was a satisfying uh, thing to have in there. Let's talk about this storyline more with Leslie and Ben, this idea of her, of him distancing himself from her. Obviously, it goes poorly. And, and Leslie kind of turns into that Leslie that that's the source of so much comedy and that she she almost is her greatest adversary. If only she could figure, like, if only she could figure out the right solution to this problem. Like, she's the, she is the stumbling block. Um, but what's so fun is that she's doing it for a new reason, right? She's doing it for a reason that she wants to be with this guy she likes. And as I'm watching this, I, I don't, tell me, you know, in if you remember this this stuff in the room too, that in the third season when April and Andy get together, there's this idea that they just started dating and you know, they're going to get married. And it was weird and crazy and it worked. But the will they, won't they in writer's rooms, in store, in TV shows, is to be taken for for seasons. And so, I know. I honestly, like, it is not my jam. The will neither. they, won't they? Yeah. Me neither. I'm like, let's get them together and see what the issues are there. Yeah, I like, agree. What's yeah. the issue of like, oh my God, so you guys biffed it again? <laughs> I don't know. I know people love it. I'm right. out of step with what what people love in some things. I'm and, with you. And that's it makes me crazy season after season. Right. No, no, no. I love how we did never did that at Parks. But one of the things I love most about this episode is that for the longest time in it, you feel like it's going to be a major split between Leslie and Ben. Like, in fact, that they're going to go to opposite corners, right? That things aren't going to go well. Yeah, like even at the beginning of the scene in the park at the end, you know, it seems like they're agreeing like, okay, yeah. I'm not going to do this yeah. anymore. It's over. And then she's like, or, or yeah. <laughs> we could just say, screw it, you know? It's such a lovely moment. And I my fa I think my favorite relationship on the show, romantic relationship of the show is Leslie and Ben. There's something very pure about the two of them. They're like, mm -hmm. we just like each other. And we tried this thing of not being together, but we it just like each other. Your favorite relationship wasn't Rashida and that Jersey Shore guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. One of the most interesting, one of the most interesting casting moments in the room was deciding which is the right guy for Rashida yeah. to make out with. Very split room about who was the person. Was it Harvest Festival? That was Harvest yeah, Festival. Yeah. 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 No, and, that's uh, number two. That's number two, Chelsea. That's number two. <laughs> <laughs> that one, I mean, that was the most heated day, I think, of, that was up there with, with um, the pie debate. Oh, my God. That, that casting of that guy. Wow, there was a lot of wasted time in this room. I mean, that's what I'm learning. There well, was a lot of wasted time in that too, room. Like, that actor, he would never know how much debate went into <laughs> him getting that role. <laughs> the, the, the pie debate. We had a lot of time. I mean, one of the things that people I try to tell people about writing is that for the longest time, you're you're like, am I going to write? Are we going to do this? And you kind of have to let your brain get to that space where you're like, all right, my brain is ready. It's kind of like in that soft jello state, ready to write because you don't know what connections you're going to make. And so there's time in the room that feels like if someone were to look at like they're uh, uh, um, you know, studying 
like humanity in a room together, they'd be like, these people are not working right now. But that's actually mm-hmm. kind of the writer's room experience that you need to have that time to separate from your brain being on overdrive to think about how do I make this most creatively interesting thing? And so some of the things were debating pie consistency. We had intense debates about tipping and um, mm-hmm. the merits of American Idol. I'm just looking at the season wow. 20, season four <laughs> well, writers from the world. also like when Harris was saying like if he went on stage at like an Eric Clapton show or something and played guitar at a stadium. Yeah that he would be just as good or something. Like he had like a lot of theories that he could do things with like superpowers. Yeah, this is our... The great Harris Whittles who had the, as in our category of the Writers Room Awards that season of the Harris Whittles best brags, one of them being that he could act as well as any actor, hit a major league pitch and hit a three-pointer in an NBA game to which we then took him to the basketball court that was behind the Writers Room and we put him as far away as three a three-point is and watched time after time, not even getting close to the <laughs> basket. Um, wait, you have to send me this entire list. Uh, of course, of course I, need, I will. I need to see it. Well, I mean, act as good as any actor is just so crazy and so bold. And we just would talk about these things yeah. and get so heated. Like it should have just been an immediate dismissal. No, you can't. All right, next. Right. But I think the fact that you knew it was going to be a fun conversation with him if you pushed it. Um, right. right. Mike and Dan Gore, I think you, like, the, the, the people who could really get at him to really just to, to just dig in and say, no, this is not my opinion of this thing. Uh, we've <laughs> talked about this in a previous episode. We have Katie on, Katie Dippled on, uh, but we also talked about making um, movies in the writer's room, The Date. Do you remember The Date series that you were the lead oh, of? Yes, I recently revisited that with... Um, some of the actors in the date, mm-hmm. Dave King, Dave Katie King, Dimpled. Alan, Aisha Muhar, <laughs> uh, um, Alan Yang. A lot of people showed up and what would happen is Harris, I think you had a hat on one day, I think, that perhaps inspired Harris. <laughs> and he went into his office and he came out not even a minute later, cracking himself up. He had written a two-page scene <laughs> called The Date. And Shot it in one take. It's you and, and Dave <laughs> Dave King and, and Katie Dippold. And you hear Harris cracking up and giggling throughout it. The camera is shaky. People are forgetting lines. It revolves a reveal at the end of you in an office. And this became one of the great time wasters in the Parks and Rec writers room. And we made four Honestly, of them. Honestly, you hear that and you go, that's what it's really about. <laughs> well, you know, like, yeah. why is it making a TV show that simple? It's like, just cracking yourself up with yeah. silly Friends, like you know, that's the core of it all. Mm-hmm. And how was it? And and you just uh, directed a movie, right? Um, I did. And was that did that same infectious like fun of being together? Even, no matter what the 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 storyline is, no matter what the tone, like, that's the fun of being together on set with people. Did that come into your set as well? It did. It did. I I really wanted it to feel like summer camp, you know. And that's the fun too of a movie. It's like you know, I think it was about a month of shooting and you're all kind of in these intense days, but then it's over. Like TV just goes on and on and on, you know? So I think it's easier in some ways to sustain a a super fun energy. They were long days and all that, but there was a lot of funny people. Now I was directing it. So there was a lot of times I was oblivious and so I was just like running around like a chicken with my head cut off. But, but yeah, it was, it was such a good group of people and 
and we laughed so much. And I good mean, food, that I, good food is really important. It is. <laughs> it's really important. I got these incredible salads. Oh my god! Now I mm. can't remember the name. Sue's salads. Would... No, that's ours. That's, I know. I know. Sue's salads. They hated <laughs> salads. No, Sue's salad. Parks I will rip this place apart. Right. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Jim. What? Uh, uh, just to jump around a little to get back to the the, yeah, the, sure, the story course, with uh, Leslie and Ben. A big also part of that story that struck me was uh, Leslie and Anne together. And Anne, for the first time, I guess the term would be putting Leslie in her place. Yeah, yeah. Because Leslie is a steamroller. That's who she is, mm. and. And who is all, normally being steamrolled over, shut it down. And it was great. And I just, but not at first, because at first she was still steamrolling her. And and I actually wrote this down because Leslie says, Anne, I beg of you, will you just shut your beautiful pie hole? <laughs> just sit there and let me stare at you while you silently support me on this game plan. Your quiet support means the world to me as well as your... Oh, tacit endorsement of all of my behaviors. <laughs> and then she she brings her in to her chest, like her head into her chest. Yeah, yeah. What a brilliant, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. Just so brilliant, so brilliant. But yeah, I Anne, know, Anne, Anne, put her, Anne put her right. And that's yeah. how that led to her and Ben, her realization of I can't do what I've been doing. If this relationship yeah. is going to work, I can't continue to do this. Well, we, we, Jim right. is alluding to this moment where we should talk about in our synopsis, but it's this, as the episode continues, that you know, Tom goes overboard with Chris's project, making plans to remodel existing parks and pitch a reality show. Um, for what it's worth, I totally watch a Ranger reality show. I think it sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, me too. Uh, Jerry warns Tom that his outlandish thinking is what doomed his former company, which is just lovely, Jerry. Thank you. Uh, ben disperses the smallest park protesters by refuting all of Leslie's claims and tells Chris that he no longer wants to work with Leslie because she always demands things be done her way. And as uh, Jim mentioned, Anne tells Leslie that Ben uh, is right about her overbearing nature, her steamrolling. And Andy can't afford the registration fee for his class, so Ron decides to pay for it via a Ron Swanson scholarship. My God, so many things so <laughs> in these stories, much. and we haven't even gotten to the end. Um, yeah, so uh, that's a great that's a great scene with uh, with Rashida and Amy, where Rashida gets to give it to her for a change. And and mm-hmm. I and, love when she goes Shan. <laughs> She's like Shan, Shan. but it's, <laughs> it sounds like Shan. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that tickled me. She's like Shan <laughs> and hugs her. I mean, hugging someone while you silence them is so funny. Yeah, yeah. but um. <laughs> But yeah, there's there's um, also just Adam Scott. I mean, I feel like he's so impressed upon me as a writer, just like any line. Sometimes a line you're like, oh, shit, that line isn't that good. And it's in the script and it's going. <laughs> and he makes a line like mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. work. You know, yeah. it's like he he really has um, that gift with that, you know, just turning any line into something that feels you know, good, even if it's bad. <laughs> so that's that's always something I aspire to. Um, well, well, I think what's interesting about TV writing is that it is this collaborative nature thing, right? Everybody's writing a thing that has to ultimately sound the same from episode to episode. It's the, 
the the importance of the showrunner, the head writer, to make sure that every episode really does have that one singular voice. But every episode also has a bit of that writer in them too. And so these moments you're calling out, Chelsea, the Shan, this the the way Ben is. I to me, those are the those are some for me knowing you as I do from our time in the writers' room. Those are the moments I'm like, oh, that's that's the voice of Chelsea breaking through, right? Mm-hmm. Those are the the specific to the writer moments. So I, I love that when I watch a show, once you get to be, oh, that, that writer, that's that's their voice in there. I love that too. Uh, I think also the way Adam, the scene where he's basically says to Chris, we can't, we are not the dream team. We've got to shut this down. That was um, so unlike Ben up till this point, I thought, Mm. I think they were both crushed and they knew what had to happen. He knew what had to happen. And just his performance in there, I, I, I kept, I kept uh, going back and redoing yeah. It's like a minute scene where he's explaining mm-hmm. why we're not good to be together. He's putting tape around the thing. Yeah, yeah. And then he even mm-hmm. snips it. Okay, we're done. I've even... He goes, yay! Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah. hurt. He's, he's hurt. hurt. Yeah. yeah, no, I really... He's like, wonderful. He's, had a, he's had enough and he's really kind of hit his like breaking point where he draws a line in the sand and... I feel like that's scary. If someone's been tolerating your shit for yes. a long time, all yeah. of a sudden they're like, done, snip. Yeah. And I think <laughs> it know? hurt him to do that, but he knew what had to happen. Yeah. Well, love gone wrong, I think it it, it does something to a person, right? And like, mm. I, I think about- Okay, Greg. Okay. Yeah, wow. <laughs> I'll save it for the After Dark here, here episode. Here we go, wow. No, but I think about that sometimes with the relationships where the things that used to endear you about the person, their idiosyncrasies, if things don't go well, if you break up, if you're in a bad place, all of a sudden you look at those things as maybe some of their most annoying things. That's just, that also shows you the power of love. Uh, now I'm on a happy note that, that all these little things are, um, are changed in your mind when you love that person. And so, yeah, Jim, they clearly are hurt here. They can't be together. They want to be together. I want to like to highlight Amy's performance too. I mean, I feel like she's just so, so I think some comedic actors aren't able to be vulnerable exactly. And the way that she kind of speaks to him in that scene was just Mm. so, she really didn't overdo it and be like trying to be dramatic. You know, it was just really like heartfelt and um, bare in a way that I thought was, I agree. And Chelsea, at the very too. end, when he says, yay, and he walks, her face, it, it's just, a, yeah. wow, it's just a gut-wrenching moment. And you're right, Amy, of course, is mm. brilliant, so... Well, we, we should get to the end of this episode since we keep talking about this scene that really is so special to us. And, and <laughs> the last of us... been to the end. Well, no, the last of the synopsis is that Tom sees Jerry's first ID card from 1977 <laughs> and becomes inspired by its font, pitching it as the new logo along with a line of limited edition merchandise based on it that I realized he had made that day. Everything is well-received by Chris... Anne, meanwhile, privately asked Ben to talk to Leslie to work things out, and Ben meets Leslie in the smallest park that night. The two reluctantly agree to keep their distance from each other, but when Ben prepares to leave, Leslie says she wants him back and doesn't care if it will jeopardize her campaign or her job. The two kiss, that two-handed kiss, ready to face the consequences of their relationship. So I think of maybe one or two very important things to call out of this ending is, one, Jerry's ID shows... Gary Gergich and two R's and so Jerry, Gary, Larry, Terry, etc. I mean, that born. was the beginning of the end for me. Yeah. Because yeah. since then, <laughs> literally, as Chris would say, Traeger would say, literally, I hear it every effing day. 
I hear Gary. Who are you? And you go, do you go by It's it was the beginning of the end. Yeah. And all good, but it was the beginning of the end. And do you guys um was that in the writer's room, was that planned? Like this is what's gonna happen with his name now, or that just ended up turning into I some crazy. I can't remember craziness. if that was like something that happened, you know, when they were just creating the card or if that's something that was decided in the room. I think it, it, there's certain moments I think that you know is going to be the start of something, right? You don't know where yeah. it's going to go, but you know, we've, we've, we've like, we found a mine here. I mean, we found, we found yeah, something. It makes sense. His name would be spelled weird. Uh, right, right. <laughs> and wrong. Like it, it's a different, yeah. and then we learned in the next episode exactly what happened, you know, right, the right. whole situation, but oh, crazy, mm-hmm. crazy. Well, I, I think this episode is just super crafty. It's it's smart in the way that Leslie and Ben decide to come together at the end. You think they're about to break up perhaps for the whole season. And we're like, actually, we're going to say, screw it. We're together. Um, just, you know, Andy having this moment in college and Ron showing this soft side again to Andy. Um, it's just a really uh, lovely episode. And it makes sense, built around a little small park, which is just this lovely altruistic thing. I'm going to build a small park that we get to have the number of the smallest park in Pawnee. Um, well, just the, the 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 whole font story too. I mean, it's like you guys were were a great pair because you know you're such a great foil to him. Even just personally talking about you know going to a stand up show and not getting JC references or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, it's, it is such a funny pairing, and the fact that you know. Basically, just by sticking around long enough that your card had a vintage font that was cool to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you solved his problem. And I also did love like his talking head where he's like, oh, great. I guess I'm him now. Like, I have a, three beautiful kids, a <laughs> yeah, wife. Yeah. And yes. he's like, miserable. You know, like, yeah. for most people, the no. perfect scenario. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, it's like kind of cool that you as characters call each other into each other's existence into question, you know. Yeah. Who is who is the lucky one in that duo? It's hard to even that's really know. That's a great know. point. Yeah. Oh, well, Jim, that's a great point. Uh, okay. And I just have to, because I do this, because I, I write stuff down and then I just want to get it out. So just to go back to a couple of um, um, uh, the storyline at the college, Andy is very confused about how this all works. So he reads something called a crash course. April, yeah, but it's not what you think. Lasers. Yeah, yeah. He thinks it's gonna. He's gonna be zapping lasers and yeah. like slamming people. I, I just, I don't know. So those are moments. Um, and then when when he, you know, he's playing guitar, they realize he's not a beginning guitar player, and he leaves the room and he goes, "I was secretly an undercover rock star this whole time." Genius. With the guitar riff. With the guitar riff. It is funny, like, college courses, so many of them have, like, really fun, cool names, but no matter what, like, it's not going to be that fun. Right. You know, it's a college course. textbooks and homework. (laughs) But I I saw in my my draft that I had, he used a wooden pointer, which I don't think made it in, but I do think that is so funny that if it's a lasers class and he's using a wooden pointer. Yes, yes. Yes, it's such a missed opportunity. It is still in, yeah. 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 It's such a missed opportunity as a laser performer. And Andy's so mad. He's like, he's not even using a laser pointer. He's (laughs) teaching lasers. And then just one more final moment I wanted to put in there. When uh, they're trying to raise money so Andy can go to school and he's he's doing Kyle's, he's working on Kyle's shoes, which I don't know why Kyle kept going back there. He was always abused at the at the shoeshine station. <laughs> he likes but, it. Yeah, and he's not going to give the money. And April goes, uh, laugh all you want, Kyle. I already took the money out of your wallet. 
And then she hands him his wallet. Like, just so great. Yeah, just, yeah. Oh, what a great moment. Well, then I'll, I also want to call out this uh, uh, very special thing, too, where when Leslie, uh, when Anne is showing uh, her cell phone, her Samsung, Samsung cell phone, so I think Samsung helped us that season, um, mm. this unbridled texting that uh, Leslie sent him, it, Mm-hmm. Typed out, we uh, you know we found this online. It says, "Lonely, lonely Leslie." That's what you should call me from now on. I'm lonely Leslie. Lonely Leslie loses life, love me, not you, loser. I mean, you're not a loser. Ben is, but I still miss him. Dang it! Why, Anne? Why, 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 why? Answer me when you're ready. Are you busy? I'm sorry. I'll let you go. Call me when you're free. Whenever that may be, like five, like maybe six. I'm free. Just let me know when you're free. God, it's, it's so, so manic. It's so it's manic. It's so crazy it's how manic. many things, like you put all that effort in and all you see is just scrolling of Leslie, yeah. her name, but someone sat there and yes. wrote that whole thing yes. and was yes. like, mom, I wrote something. It's going to be on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And mom paused it, screenshot it, said, look what my kid has That's done. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, final thoughts on the episode, Chelsea, how do you... Looking back, watching well, I just it again, loved it. you know, I think like with stand up, I always, uh, you know, I've used the word, I've probably already overused it because I hate when people use the same word over and over. But vulnerability, like for me, even in stand up, there was a point where I was like, I don't want to do this unless there's some silliness and some vulnerability. And I do just love that this episode has this super, you know, emotionally connected moment mm-hmm. at the end. That's yeah. that's that's um moving to watch, but also has, you know, lots of great jokes in it. Yeah. And that's my kind of comedy. I like yeah. that combination. That is a great take on the episode. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I also, I love any episode that pairs new pairings, Tom and Jerry. I love that pairing, um, you know, sending Ron mm-hmm. off to the school with those two crazos. Um, yeah. It's weird how like Ron and Andy in a woman's studies class just makes so much sense. Like, you know, it's not something you would, it's not a first thought thing at all, but then right. it's like, they both just like really into it. And all, all of Chris's um, ad libs at the end of that. Oh episode yeah. So yeah. Funny. <laughs> Yeah, this is no. I, I'm She's with. Like, that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> that is. Inc- he's yeah, like, yes, you're right. Incorrect. You're right. Okay, I'll be working. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but he's so I happy. The line too, where he's like, you know, he's like, I'm not going to take money from you. There's no decency in that, or like something like that. And he's like, no, I'll beg on the street like a drug addict. <laughs> but the way the way he delivered that line was really good. <laughs> I think things are going to happen for him. You do? I do. What's his name again? He seems to have some promise. I think so. Yeah. You never know, but I'm hopeful. Yeah. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on AutoTrader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro... Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. 
Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Do you want to go to the town hall? I think you do. We have Chelsea here. We have one of our favorite segments of town hall where we get a question from a listener or someone's reviewing. And this one comes to us from Courtney in California, who says, the lead up to Leslie and Ben finally deciding to be together was so perfectly done. Thanks. We thought the same thing. Was there ever another pitch on the way they would decide to be together? And was it ever discussed to have Chris look the other way because he loved them both so much? Thanks. I love the podcast. Wow, that's so specific. Yeah. <laughs> to this episode. Look the other way. Uh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, prolonged looking the other way. Well, to set it, I mean, the episode after this is going to be the the trial of Leslie Nope, right? So we're going to be focusing specifically on this scandal. Um, mm-hmm. Do you remember in the, in the room the, the conversations about what should we do here? What made sense? I mean, the thing the thing I remember pitching on the most was Leslie's dad being this Rolling Stone. You remember <laughs> oh, all yes. the pitches on that? Oh yeah. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember what how we were wrapping our heads around it. I mean, it's been so long. I don't remember stuff from two years ago. I mean, this was <laughs> yeah. this was 2011. Well, what 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 jogs in my mind is is kind of the same conversation we've been having today, which is that. So many shows do a will they, won't they for a long time, right? Something I think, you know, The Office did it for just the right amount of time where people were going to be like, come on, get these two together. And when you keep them apart for too long or you bring them together and then five or six episodes later, I remember watching Dawson's Creek and season two, Joey and uh, and Dawson get together and like six episodes later, they break up and I was like, no, they're supposed to be together. And this will they, won't they lasted forever. And I felt... I don't know, there's something you want the best for your characters, like you want the best for yourself with your relationships. So getting them together at some point, if we didn't, I think there was a feeling was, will people want them to be good? Will people buy it? Will people lose interest? And so um, I think that it, I think the the choice to bring them together here was done so that the rest of the season could really be about Leslie's run for office and not about the scandal. So I think that's mm-hmm. the best answer for you, Courtney. Yeah. And in the future, we also never do, like, I just kept thinking at some point, they're probably going to break up Andy and, and, and April. And I would hate, I would have just hated that. You know, they were a mm-hmm. couple, they were a good couple and they stayed together forever. Yeah. And I just, I love that. I don't know, Parks handled relationships really well. I think the writers, you guys were amazing. And by that, people listening, I wrote all of these episodes. Um, I like to help others, so I give them credit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I put Chelsea's name on this episode. I wrote every word. Okay, just want to get that out there. We're all in agreement. I think it was no. a good time to get that out there. I think it was. It's always, it, it feels like a huge weight is lifted. Yes, you know, just, yes. to, just to be honest about that. I'm sick of the lies. That's the problem. I'm sick well, of the lies. Well, I don't know about you, Jim, but for, for me, uh, I mean, obviously, I know about you. It's been wonderful to have Chelsea with us. Yes, for me, awesome. personally, it's been great to just relive these silly, crazy moments in the writer's room. This thing that I, you know, you spend more time with the people in the writer's room than you do your family during this time. Like, how come we've never had any kind of reunion? Shouldn't there be like a writer's reunion dinner? She doesn't know. She doesn't know about the reunion. No, there hasn't been, Chelsea. No, no. there there absolutely has not been. No, but there haven't been those things. But when those, it's like for me, when I see my friends from camp. There's been actor ones, right? But not writer. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, thanks a lot, Jen. Well, <laughs> I still see camera crew. I still see camera crew. Just uh, when you're sleeping, they flash they're, around they're, they're, in your no, eyes. My, uh, my Tom and, and uh, all, uh, it's just that was, for me, again, we spent a lot of time on the floor with them. You know, right. So you guys right. are in your writer's right. room. We're on the floor with the cameras and the sound and the I hair and the makeup. I still hang with catering. I there still hang with go. catering. Now go. we're trying to show how down to earth <laughs> they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I was having drinks with the transpo people. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That is sweet. My best boy is actually the best boy grip, which oh, is really weird. That. That's crazy yeah. and beautiful symmetry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I adopted Lozo. Okay. Lorenzo is my kid now. Yeah, I adopted him. That's crazy. Yeah. Chelsea. You really went the extra mile. Yes. I did. Chelsea, thank you so much for being with us today, talking about your episode. I can't believe how much time we spent together. It's really insane. And it's great to see you. You too. I I miss your theme songs. Um, I miss your expressions as you write things and stare at us all. (laughs) Thank you. You know? Thank you. Uh, it's fun seeing you again. You well, too. She said all that about you. Imagine what she's about to say about me. Uh, go on. Hey, Chelsea. You're <clears> great. Oh. And, just, and then, that, and then okay, well, we'll, we we'll end the episode and with Jen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been a pleasure to meet you, Jim. Yes, it was nice yeah. to meet you. This was awesome, no, was, Chelsea. Thank you so, so, so much. to both of you. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you all for listening. Oh, that's right. Thank the people. Yes, um, yes, yes. You know, text this episode to your group chat. Let your let your people know about it. Give five star reviews wherever you're listening. And now I do like a Bud Dwyer finale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, from all of us, from Jim, Chelsea, and me. Goodbye from Punny. Take care. This has been a Team Coco production. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.